everyone, this is Ashley and welcome to yet another episode of Block, Stock and Barrel. Here with me today, I have Mike McCoy, who will be talking about blockchain for healthcare. Mike is the Director of Platform Integration and Technical Partnerships at Consensus Health, and he is working on building an evidence-based, ethics-driven platform based on blockchain, machine learning, and privacy-enhancing technology for healthcare, life science, and public sector partners. Previously at Accenture and Consensus AG, Mike works in technical strategy, development, integration, and growth models for people to use and scale emerging technologies to current industry standards. Mike is also an adjunct professor at Thomas Jefferson University's Institute of Emerging Health Professions. He is a member and ambassador to many technical working groups such as IEEE, Frontiers, Blockchain in Healthcare Today, Blockchain for Social Impact, and the Hyperledger Working Group. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode with Mike McCoy. Okay, hi Mike. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. All right, so let's just get started. I'd like to know a little bit more about how you first got involved in blockchain. Absolutely. So everyone has their kind of different origin story and what really pulled them into to the technology. I kind of uh, learned it on accident. At the time, around 2015, 2016, I was running a software development boot camp here in Center City, Philadelphia in the United States. And I, uh, I was looking for new materials to be able to give our students to understand new technical concepts. A lot of, uh, at that time, we were going over kind of AI, machine learning concepts. But uh, I, I was, as I was doing more research, I went to an event at uh, the University of Pennsylvania here in Philadelphia, and it was a group of individuals from the blockchain venture production studio Consensus that were involved in showing how Ethereum could be the new world mainnet computer. And though I was very skeptical at first, uh, hearing the stories of how to be able to connect different data sets and to be able to connect information across data silos really captivated me. Before that, I was aware of the technology due to Bitcoin and its surge, never really invested much, but as we all kind of got more interested in starting to invest around those times. Um, I, I kind of fell out on an accident by going to different groups and, and technical meetups here in Philadelphia. And that's what uh, brought me to meet the individuals at Consensus AG based in Brooklyn. Cool. And then what specific projects um, within blockchain are you, were you mainly interested in? I think the the things that really stuck out to me at first when I when I first learned about the technology was being able to 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 transact with others across the world across borders as I, I didn't even imagine being able to send payment and to to my foreign friends and relatives right I have a lot of family that's right. that's based in London based in Australia. Uh, and in other parts of the world and, and knowing that I could be able to transact over digital code, uh, different currencies, and even data really enamored me. Being able to create marketplaces in general with data was something that really stood out to me as being different. I, I read a bunch of the early kind of Vitalik papers when I first started getting into uh, blockchain and whatnot, everything that, that went from scaling to, to sharding and, and being able to, to create these networks of trust. It, 
it really just stood out to me. A lot of the social impact type of use cases really stood out, like mm-hmm. being able to to give people in lower economic and lower resource countries the ability to utilize currency where their foreign government not, might not be able to, uh, being able to to have these uh, type of universal systems really empowered me to learn more about the technology itself. Like, and, and also energy marketplaces, being able to distribute mm-hmm. solar power, uh, creating marketplaces of worth and value with non-fungible tokens and digital marketplaces. It, it just seemed that it was a whole other world that you could be able to create a digital twin from the physical entity of what we call in the real life, in the real world. And uh, blockchain, I think, helps us imagine the physical world a little bit better computers and technology in general right we Mm -hmm. we draw most of our architecture and our blueprints and how we view buildings how we view designs of of things in our physical world in the digital world and i think blockchain is an enhancement of being able to share and disclose that information between each other it really uh, broadens our imagination and broadens our insights of of how we can all work together strongly uh Due to be able uh, using crypto cryptography, using these uh, distributed databases that can help us see and can help us understand why and how we interact with the rest of the world. That those are the real concepts that, that struck me. Right. I mean, and and actually, I think it's quite nice that considering that you was interested in so many different kinds of use cases, it seems that consensus was probably like a great pay- place for you to start. Yeah, it really was. And I, I came into a very vague role at Consensus. I was one of the first 200 people to be hired. And at the time, my role was ecosystem wow. development. And what we were doing was we had uh, – at, at the peak, we had about 55 different projects that lived within Consensus. And then uh, we had about – I want to say on a monthly basis, there were about 20 to 50 different projects that were – substantial and that we're applying to be part of the mesh or the the different ecosystem. So Consensus is a venture production studio based on Ethereum solutions, as we all know. And uh, we were hearing so many different ideas. And and I don't think I was ever more mentally stimulated in my life than, than going and hearing the different pitches and seeing how they could combine into the Ethereum tool set. And uh, some of the ideas were so next level, like being able to tokenize AR and and, and be able to, to, to tokenize our, our everyday steps, movements, uh, ideas, right? And creating all these different marketplaces. It was, it was really wild. And it was it was a really cool time to understand like where all these things could go. But then obviously mm-hmm. we all had to kind of grow up and, and be able to understand what really was needed for industry, for the world today. And, and I think it really uh, helped us learn what we can and cannot do. I'd like to actually touch touch upon your experiences from being in consensus for a while, um, a little bit later in the interview. But um, just to talk a little bit more about what you're doing right now, I understand that you are at Consensus Health um, and you are in charge of technical partnerships. Is that right? This is correct, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So could you tell us a little bit more about what you do at Consensus Health? Yeah, absolutely. And I understand that its launch was pushed back a little bit early, right? In March. So yes and no. I I would say our launch started on March 2nd, 2020. Mm -hmm. And before Heather 
and the rest of our team, we, we were all kind of social together as we we met at a lot of the blockchain healthcare or blockchain life science events, conferences all around the world. Uh, and we were all very familiar with each other. And Heather was the one that really Heather Flannery was the one that brought us together to understand that hey, we could be able to utilize our networks, our abilities, our our experience in this space to be able to create something really special for industry. What I do is I help uh, integrate platform partners as well as help drive the strategy and the roadmap for our product. And our main product is creating a federated analytics and federated learning platform that can be able to help healthcare and life science combine the disparate data sets and, uh, and, and derived data sets that they want to be able to utilize together without compromising the very valuable information that is a part of their business. So a lot of the use cases at the moment are really about combining machine learning and, and, and artificial intelligence insights that may not be competitive business-wise at the moment. But as our networks become more mature and our cryptography becomes more stable, or, or more kind of enterprise adopted, we could be able to then create value-based agreements and incentives for each entity in healthcare and life science to be able to interact with each other where they may not have been able to before because of all the the lateral, longitudinal businesses they've been able to create. So in healthcare and life science, for the most part, you have in the electronic health record space, you have your Epics, your Cerners, your Allscripts, that have been able to put records for pro- hospitals and other provider systems together into an electronic record so you don't have to have a manual process there. Mm-hmm. Huge benefit for the industry. Then we also have a, a lot of our other partners, our pharmaceutical partners, who have their bases and their companies that have grown to to mass scales and have done a lot of great research and have done a lot of fantastic uh, discoveries from drugs and pharmaceuticals, vaccines, et cetera. And they've all done it within their silo, right? Blockchain gives the opportunity so that those industries can be able to combine the valuable information that can help at a global, regional, national scale that may not have been able to be before. And we at Consensus Health are cre- helping create the backbone of that, as well as combining all the platforms together so they can be able to utilize each other properly that's really my key role i see so so would you agree that within your field of work like building consortia consortia is very like critical and very important i would say building consortia is critical but is not the only thing as well so i i really think that the, the principle of governance is not truly special per se it's not something separate from partner development we're really creating partner development. And then that's what multi-party contracts are kind of about. We're really creating multi-party systems so we can understand who we are to each other and, and not expect parties to go outside of our own interest. In DLT, right, distributed ledger technology, if, if a project is ambitious in scope, you have to redesign the rules in the industry. That's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Primarily here... We are uh, we are really trying to combine non-competitive business cases at the moment, and this is in today's world, right? So mm-hmm. consortia like the Synaptic Health Alliance, MetaLedger, Melody, uh, these are all terms and, and cases you'll hear in industry of combining machine learning and, and drug discovery and provider information and physician credentials 
the right now we're organizing these consortia and we consensus help are not organizing a specific consortia there are other companies that are doing this we're trying to enhance those consortia to work and fuel their, their data services together at the moment so we are a part we are a lending ear we are somewhat of an advisor to these but we are not creating them in full we are though in the in the business of trying to create value-based agreements with smart contracts to help these companies and groups to be able to work together cleanly, as well as provide the right type of incentive together. Because uh, for so long in industry, there are incentives for someone to just work within themselves, but not as much to work with their frenemies or their competition or potential competition. And this brings us all together a little bit. But yes, consortia is huge because there's a misconception that in some healthcare that you can only utilize and work together in consortia. But that's not always the case. Uh, as we see in finance, and finance is, is, has taken a huge step forward in our industry together. Uh, if you're combining finance to healthcare, we're behind it a little bit. There's a tighter correspondence in their field with payment, settlement of those issues. I mean, if you think about R3, for example, R3 was just a consortia by the banks. Corda wasn't really a thing. Now Corda can go beyond financial institutions and they can be used in healthcare, life science, in, in any type of in industry. And so large entities know they do not need large counterparties. For example, you can create value-based agreements within a very large pharmaceutical company. You could do it within a very large provider network as well. Uh, so uh, in, in order to help construct those environments, we consensus health want to be the team to help organize it and utilize Web3 tools on top of these new multilateral or bilateral exchanges between each other. What do you think are the biggest challenges that these companies face when trying to implement um, blockchain-based technologies into their operations to optimize their processes and things like that? I think one of the bigger challenges is data uniformity. Mm -hmm. Because one provider or one pharmaceutical company may label a certain drug one thing and another will label it another. We all have different measurements in different countries, right? Like how we measure weight in the United States is different than we do in Australia, and yet we mm -hmm. speak the same English language. Uh, pr trying to create those data uniformity, I uh, not marketplaces, but uh, data libraries and, and data markets, I would say, is very tough to do. I think also making sure that the privacy is, is still intact, being able to have the right encrypted information and, and the right ability to go into a data set. And, and at some points, there's so, much cop, so many copies of data mm -hmm. and information and Excel spreadsheets and CSV files. And being able to have the ability to utilize privacy-enhancing technology like zero-knowledge proofs, like federated learning, and multi-party computation, to be able to take that information at rest where it may sit and whether it's behind. And one of the issues in healthcare is, for one, at the firewall level, because someone's going to say, oh, I don't want you going through my firewall. That's a big... Uh, when, you, when you talk to a, an IT manager or a CISO, uh, chief information security officer, about the ability to then 
utilize zero knowledge proofs to go beyond your firewall, extract that information, yet not know anything about the person or the PHI that's connected there. That is a huge problem. And of course, in healthcare, we always talk about HIPAA compliance and GDPR compliance. It's really about data access and then the ethical data access too. And in the blockchain space particularly, we constantly discuss the topic of token incentivization. One of the struggles we're going to go through these value-based agreements and creating these networks of incentives together is, is certain information more valuable than others? Right? How can you be able to say that curing cancer is more is more or less valuable than curing COVID related diseases, right? And and being able to organize those weighted attributions of what cure or what disease needs to be taken through another, that's a very challenging concept. And, and I don't think there's a perfect answer for that right now. And that's something we're all trying to work on. Mm-hmm. And you talked a little bit about the need for interoperable standards for data, right? So currently, who who is working on setting these uh, standards? So there's a lot of different bodies, like HIMSS, IEEE. There are different task forces. And we at, at Consensus Health actually run a lot of the IEEE task forces under that umbrella of a, of a standard called 2418.6, which is the blockchain task force. Mm-hmm. And we are we have a very big standards body and group within our team that is is looking to help out entities like the NIH, the HC, HHS, and others in being able to understand uh, what these standards truly mean. And also there's the Internet Foundation, uh, there's the British Standards Institute, there are, are there also other standards bodies in the East and, and probably based in Singapore I'm not as aware of and privy to, but for the States and for the European uh, GDPR and, and, and um EU global data standards, those are the ones that we're trying to adhere to. There's also uh, ENATPA, which is just started in the EU with the EU Commissioner's Office that uh, we at Consensus Health are looking to partner with more so. Um, but th- there's a lot of things we have to learn about inter- interoperability in general. Interoperability is a great umbrella. I mean, uh, but I think so many different groups are, are, are taking too large of an effort when going into these. We want one standard for how the process works. And if you spend too much time planning and not building, you're not going to be able to learn the lessons that will help you succeed. And so we at Consensus Health really believe in interoperability. Uh, We look for one at the uh, health information exchanges that have been pretty prevalent over the last 10 years. Uh, they, They built some incredible regional health information exchanges that you could be able to utilize with provider networks together. But they were only regional and they only helped that, that said region in the country or in, in their, their governing body. We think that blockchain is great for clinical communication, great for data transfer, fantastic for physician data managing, the credential process as a whole. Blockchain is ideal for this and, and can be great for referral management. Uh, we have all these standards, like I mentioned, but the information that, that is exchanged right now has to be uh, extracted, uh, governed by a data analyst, so it's a third party, and then it's pretty much pushed under a door, right? I, 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 I don't get to see how or when that, that information is exchanged. DLTs help be able to give the permissioned insight 
for these large healthcare and life science companies to interop or at least see the, the transactions, maybe not the details of the transaction, but they can be able to see the mail being shipped across the different doorsteps. And uh, that, that's what's that's very huge. There, there's, there's also another intricacy in here that there's the persistence layer and that's where kind of DLT and the technical systems have to be able to talk to each other. And then there's the application layer where you need to be able to have a contract that's seen, viewed by an auditor, viewed by a legal party, by a business uh, entity as well. Mm-hmm. And being able to com- to utilize those two different networks is very difficult and hard. But we at Consensus Health are in the business of running the the, phys- the 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 software infrastructure for an entity to then connect into a typical cloud hosted environment like Azure, like AWS, and then being able to uh, sift that in- and share that information with the permission parties that meet the healthcare life science standards bodies like HIPAA, uh, like GDPR, et cetera, and, and FHIR data standards too. Uh, so FHIR stands for Fast Healthcare Interoperability, I think, I believe it's results or records. And FHIR is a huge standard that we are calling to and everyone in the industry is calling to to help share this information together. And that's huge for one COVID-related response as we want to be able to, to share what countries, what regions have green or red regions of, of cases that would be okay for people to connect to and not okay for people to, to go into. Mm-hmm. And what has the response been from med- the medical institutions that you have, you guys have been working with? Has, do you find that there's been a general like, increase of acceptance and willingness to try out the technology? Or do you think, I don't know, like spikes in the popularity in, of blockchain and cryptocurrencies did affect their willingness or the, or the lack thereof? Um, in adopting blockchain? Medical institutions are very interested in being able to utilize this technology. Mm -hmm. A lot of times though, and they're willing to work with us and they're willing more than ever before, I would say in my lifetime, I'm about 30 years old, I haven't seen this type of collaboration or willingness to collaborate. The thing is, uh, and, and in doing this, people... In the United States and the West, we want to be able to share the information, but we want to keep privacy. In entities in the East, it is more of governing bodies, the the people, and even some European countries as well. The, those people trust the governing bodies to share their information, and they're willing to maybe not give up, but will is are likely to distribute information where privacy isn't as much of a concern because they don't believe the government would do anything wrong to them per se. But in the United States, it's obviously a different story where uh, self-preservation of information is very key and is very valuable to the citizens uh, and the governing institutions as well. And so blockchain technology enhances the privacy and enhances the, the way that these electronic health records and, and not just the typical ones like the big names I mentioned earlier, but some new ones that, that are responding specifically to COVID-related instances. And there is absolutely a want and in some cases a desperate need to be able to utilize these systems together to understand these insights. Mm-hmm. Is the increase in interest one reason why Consensus Health spun off as a separate entity? 
we really spun off at a very interesting time. Yeah. <laughs> so we spun off yes. March 2nd. <laughs> and in the United States, the fear really didn't come in and the close downs really didn't come in until about, or at least in the eastern part of the country, until March 12th. So though the spin out was not in, it was going to happen whether COVID happened or not. It just put us in a really different predicament where we had to put some of our other projects that we may have, uh, that we wanted to start right away on the back burner and failure is not an option when it comes to COVID response. And so that's why uh, we started one of two things. We started very much working onto our federated analytics and federated learning model uh, to enhance as that would be a big, a big enhancement to the world at the moment for industry. And then we also started our stop COVID-19 hackathon, which brought together 40 different projects, uh, 50 different mentors from healthcare and life science industry and then about over i want to say three 300 to 400 different developers that submitted projects on these 40 different teams and and it's been a real success for us to understand how developers can work with people in industry during a a three-week process and it's been a joy to really work with that could you share a little bit more about some of the projects that have uh come out of the hackathon I can't discuss all. Yeah, no we have uh, <laughs> We are announcing the winners on May 18th, so please stay tuned for that. Uh, and we are so honored to have uh, the CIO of Health and Human Services in the United States, uh, the, one of the directors for the, the Veterans Affairs Innovation Center, and, uh, and, and a healthcare institution leader from Cambia Health be part of our judges. And on top of that, that's from industry. We also have Vitalik Buterin, Joe Lubin, and Brian Bellendorf from Hyperledger who are our judges as well to view these. So I don't want to understate the importance of bringing those parties together to view these type of solutions from the Web3 network. But beyond that, uh, we are seeing a lot of projects that are helping distribute information for respiratory uh, information, uh, being able to utilize the privacy-enhancing tech of zero-knowledge proofs, multi-party computation, and using it with uh, a Hyperledger Bazoo stack. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of projects solely based on Bazoo and then going from Hyperledger Avalon for privacy preservation and uh, utilizing a lot of different technologies, but mostly running nodes on Collido, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, being able to utilize the different services that are part of Kaleido, that's been what we've seen most usage of technically. But the concepts, I would say, are of making sure that the right folks in a, in a healthcare provider setting are able to see this information. And as well as digital identity has been a huge use case in particular. Uh, being able to create immunity passports, uh, being able to do that in a safe way, being able to uh, take in the different epidemiolo- creating different epidemiological uh, SIR models has been an advancement in our hackathon. And that's been really cool to see how you can create incentives in the SIR models uh, for, for data and research response. That, that has been something interesting that some groups have put together. Very cool. So what happens after the hackathon? So after the hackathon, we were very lucky to have sponsors like KPMG and Lidos be able to give awards to the winners. On May 18th, one winner will receive $10,000. The second place team will be able to receive $7,000. And then the third place team with $3,000. From there, 
uh, we at Consensus Health are going to work with these teams to either connect it, their idea into industry and or connect it into a uh, – and we're, we're luckily connected to a lot of different COVID coalitions that are working uh, at the first responder level that could utilize the technology. We're going to help them get it into market and get it into uh, real people's hands so they could benefit from the, te- the technology. Mm. Cool. So I think we, we do have a lot of people talking about how we are seeing an acceleration of blockchain adoption during this time, especially because of the problems that are becoming more and more apparent with our existing systems. Do you think that, I guess, you know, I, I also guess it's because a lot of people are often guessing about when mass adoption of blockchain technologies will come. Um, do you think that this will be more widely embraced post-pandemic? I think the pandemic will help any digital or telehealth system become more viable. We're seeing telehealth systems get over 700% of traction than they did in January and February. Yeah. More digital anything, right? And blockchain is just one piece of the, the larger digital health puzzle, right? Uh, I, I, with that statement, I could say, yes, you'll see more companies and entities in our industry utilize the underlying back-end technology that is blockchain technology. But I think you're going to be able to, to see uh, the acceleration of needing to verify and need to create privacy-preserved agreements. I think the privacy-enhancing technology, as our networks become larger and 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 needing the data be, to become more accurate, blockchain technology can help with the accuracy of data over time. In doing that, you'll be able to verify whether this information came from the source the computational source, right? And so socially, you may not see blockchain as much. Blockchain is not a user interface. It doesn't create data analytics. It doesn't, uh, it's not something that you see as much on the front end, but it is something that's absolutely used in different parts on the back end of technology. So it'll be very hard for you to determine whether the world is utilizing blockchain technology unless someone says they are. But, uh, Mm-hmm. When you know it'll be very much mainstream is when we've been able to create tokenized or distributed incentives when uh, more people can work together, when more healthcare and life science entities can work together seamlessly rather than taking days, years, and months to be able to create these agreements together. As you see uh, M&A and more agreements between companies become more widespread, you could probably assume that blockchain in some shape or form is on the back end of that as a solution. So it won't be as visible to us with the naked eye, but uh, it'll be as businesses develop these more distributed concepts, you can create an educated guess that blockchain has a lot to do with it. Do you think that the the rate at which companies adopt this technology, blockchain technology will differ if we are talking about a public network versus private network or private blockchain technologies? I think we will continue to have private permissioned blockchains at the moment for a couple of years. I think being able to utilize the mainnet computer will have a lot to do with uh, the 
the new protocols like Ethereum 2.0, and there's others that are kind mm-hmm. of rivaling or competing with the throughput of that. But I think a lot of that has to do with the speed of the transactions and the and the the market of need for distributed data, right? So you'll still have and, and by, when I say private, I think you'll have more privacy enhancing technology potentially on public blockchains that will make it not seem that it is public mm-hmm. per se, right? That it is compromised. Because when you mm-hmm. say public in enterprise and in, in healthcare life science industry, that means that means a privacy issue. And so I think we're going to have right. kind of a marriage, a marriage in between of keeping privacy, but distributing access to information all at the same time. Yeah. And I guess, with the baseline protocol, that's kind of one example towards that direction, right? Baseline is one of those. Uh, the Lao for open law, which is something we're big fans of. The the liability autonomous network is, is, is something we're big fans of. I think it's going to be a game changer. Uh, baseline in particular, you can't download baseline per se. It's it, Baseline is just a, uh, a framework that you follow step to step in implementation that can help uh, entities and companies work together in a complied and procurement friendly way. So yeah, following baseline is going to be huge for that too. Cool. Um, what other healthcare specific challenges do you think you guys have planned out to tackle next? Cause right now you're talking, you mentioned that you guys are focusing a lot, a lot on federated learning and analytics. I would say that we're really trying to help, that's going to be that that goal is is going to be going on for some time and being being able to build out those type right. of federated analytics and federated learning networks longer term it would be probably to create token incentives tokenized futures uh being able to create this is way down the road but i could see things like and this isn't our direct roadmap per se i could see something like patient dows being a factor uh, shared accumulators for patients, uh, or sorry, for payers, because the PBMs track a lot of the spend per year. When you go to a pharmacy, the price is deducted by the minute. It's a complex calcu- calculation from a wide population. And there are groups working on this as well. We're trying to enhance a lot of those consortiums, a lot of those working groups. And, uh, and we want to create a backbone in the industry that you can be able to reference the Consensus Health platform to be able to help with all of your kind of healthcare needs. I mean, we think decentralized distributed identity management is going to be huge, especially around COVID, as I mentioned, to certify if someone is contagious or not. Uh, supply chain third-party risk management is going to be huge. Consumer engagement for drug discovery will be huge, kind of like the patient engagement portion of a patient taking a drug on, on the pharma side and, and really helping, uh, helping separate from just the regulatory use case. Uh, I could also see... Pharmacy benefit management for self-insured employers being a thing, uh, but tokenization of futures, I could say, is is all somewhat part of that. Well, that sounds very exciting. So I think I will like to end off with one final question, and this is kind of tied back to something that you started off with when you mentioned about how when you first started off at Consensus, there were so many different projects. Um, and now I think a couple of years later, you're in Consensus Health. Um, I just like to know 
how have the projects changed since the beginning? Because you mentioned that how you realize, um, you guys as a company realized that there were some use cases that I guess just made less sense than the rest. Could you talk a little bit more about, I guess, where people shouldn't be expecting blockchain to make sense as much just because you guys have experience like trying to build up um, use cases and seeing whether they made, they made sense or not. That's a really good point. And I was lucky to be part of Consensus in 2017, 2018. Then I went to Accenture where I worked in our in the strategic growth initiative and, and viewing a lot of different industries, not just healthcare life science, but telecom, communications, the software companies like Facebook, Google, VMware, et cetera. Uh, in all of this, disintermediating third parties wholly will not happen via blockchain technology. If anything, the third parties are going to be enhanced due to the transparency and the, the distributed nature that blockchains provide. I think that as a whole, we've grown up and, and been able to know that not everyone wants to have the responsibility of tokenizing themselves and to be able to to create that network, right? So there's a reason that financial companies are here so that people can help with our money and, and organize our money. That's why financial advisors are so important. Uh, there's also, in the healthcare space, so many people said patients want to be able to own their, their whole data. Well, I don't think patients really want to own, especially when you get to 80 years of age, if they want to be able to hold yeah. and capture all those health records over the number of years, that would be a very taxing process. And I think many people would be uh, not as efficient at doing it as some third parties or other organizations are at doing it. I think what we've realized is that third parties aren't necessarily going away. It's more we're automating some of the functions of those third parties to enhance them and make sure that nothing is, is being forgotten in the process or left out in the data set or the steps into, uh, into care, into payments, and into settlements. And so blockchain is great for reconciliation of data and payments. Blockchain is going to help give more transparency of viewpoints. And blockchain also help create these more secure functions, right? So it really only helps three in three different ways. It helps with identity management and, and digital identity as a whole. It helps for supply chain, you name it. And then it also helps for financial services and infrastructure. Beyond that, blockchain really, at the moment, and with the current industry and current world comfortability, it can't do much more. And it's only one piece of the puzzle. It's not everything. You can't blockchainize everything. And uh, and yeah, I think those are the things we've really learned over the years. Very cool. I loved how you ended this session with how blockchain is not going to eliminate all the intermediaries. I think that's very, very like counterintuitive from people in blockchain. But I think that, that, that really made a lot of sense. Um, yeah, so... That's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for your time. And I really, really appreciate you being here and telling us more about Consensus Health, Federated Learning and Analytics. And I am very excited to hear more about the results of your hackathon. And I look forward to it. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. It's uh, May 18th is the day. We're going to announce all the winners. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me on. This is It's always good to talk about these things and get your questions built together where we're perfect for the type of timeline of events and uh, let me know when I can be able to hear it and distribute it.